Welcome to BDFM. Welcome to BDFM. I'm D. I'm B. And this is a very rare preamble. It's an episode preamble. This is a prologue. A prologue. It's a intro. It's a. That's not like our regular. It's like intro. a postscript, but pre. It's a prescript. It's like P.S. A PS. Hey, P.S. Still a PS. It can stand for prescript too. It's still a P.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, we the... recorded the episode about a month ago, and um, thing many things have changed since then. You'll see from having clicked on this episode that we're discussing Rick and Morty. Yep. Everyone's favorite non-problematic show that's <laughs> been out of the headlines. Um, <laughs> yeah, you probably have heard if you're. As nerdy as us, that voice of Rick and coincidentally voice of Morty, Justin Roiland, has been really kind of outed as being sort of a creep. Yeah, uh, not only a creep, possibly someone who hits people that he's dating and falsely imprisons them, which is what he's been charged with. False imprisonment. And domestic battery with corporal injury. Battery abuse. And then a bunch of people including underage girls but also um adult women came out with like really fucked up texts that he's been sending them often with the um sort of excuse oh sorry i'm drunk after he says something really um, crazy to them these things are out there if you want to see them but also you don't have to i mean do if you're curious yeah you know it's 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 probably what you'd expect maybe a little worse but you know listen if you have seen rick and morty I don't know. It's a boundary pushing show, and there's a lot of jokes that don't pass everybody's litmus oh, sure. test for being like a chill joke. That's okay to do. Well, some, and some of them are really funny do for a that really reason. Really good job of towing the lines with sensitive subjects. I think because yeah. you know they 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 take subjects on in a thought from a thoughtful angle. I think they do a good job of that. But uh, uh, yeah, for sure they cross lines in that show. Yeah, and that's part um, of its. That's part of its charm, and it's perhaps going to be part of its downfall. You know, yeah. You don't want to be let down by the, the people involved in the show. We want to do an episode and talk about, you know, so-called canceling, which is not a thing, really, but just a joke people made up that mm-hmm. the right wing thought was serious. Yeah. Like, like somebody just started joking, like, if I, you know, it, the, the joke is, if I was a TV station, I would cancel you. If I, if you were a yeah. show on my network, I would cancel you. People used to it's say. It's a joke. It, it, used it to just say, means I'm not a fan of you anymore. It was like, spread the word. Taylor Swift is canceled. And Boo, then, we don't like her anymore. It just Fox News was like, did you know that people are TV stations and they're canceling shows? <laughs> <laughs> it literally just means being a fan. Justin Roiland, I was a fan, and now I'm not. You know, that's how it goes. That's what being canceled means. It means in my head, I looked up to you as an amazing and hilarious artist, and now you let me down, so I'm not a fan of you anymore. And so, you know, he got fired. I'm glad. We we don't know at this point if Rick and Morty is going to come back. Well, There's been talk of having a, uh, a, a sound-alike comedian step sure. in. It's been, I mean, it's been reported that they are, Rick and Morty as a show, as a crew, and Harmon, I would say, as a lone showrunner now. Congratulations, Dan, for having your own show. <laughs> okay, you wanted well. one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, but I think that he, uh, he's, is, not, he's not going to back down and, and, and give up, uh, I think. I, I, mean, I suppose. No, no, there's talk of canceling. The, it's the, the his. The network is like, 
discussing it. I suppose it's Royland's. It depends on the contracts they, they signed, contract. right? I mean, Rick and Morty belong they, to Cartoon Network. They, they have they're a contract for another hundred episodes. I mean, they yeah. were contracted to do another hundred episodes, but this can be a breach of contract. In a way, Rick and Morty sort of run its course for me. I think it has explored some really cool ideas, but you know, it's just sort of gone up its own ass this last yeah, couple sure. of seasons, really. And it's still fun, and I still love it. Yeah, I mean, they hired younger writers who were teens during the first season of Rick and Morty and are now extremely excited about working in this world. And they have a level of sort of earnest enthusiasm, maybe that, yeah, you know, the showrunners no longer had. Well, it's it's sort of a it's it's a Doctor Who. Well, the whole, Rick and Morty is Doctor Who basically, but they're they're just trying to throw the most extreme like. Um, thought experiments against the wall which is great love it mm-hmm. all the brain in the jar you know kind of simulation theory stuff awesome it's a great show we were let down by one of the people in it we also in a ne- in another episode should talk about you know what dan did and yeah we um, have plenty to, how to he say begged uh, he asked for forgiveness and uh was given it uh, at least by some people involved yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like we're gonna become like Mark Marin. We're gonna be like, sucks every time I have to do one of these. Sucks every time I have to do one of these guys. Uh, listen, this listen, episode. <laughs> and we're just gonna from go Small back. Wonder was at the January sixth riot. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to do a whole new preamble because she's now canceled. Yeah. I'm no longer a fan. You know. So listen, we're watching out. So if anybody, you know. If anything happens, we might re-release an old ep with a new. Alf is in the Oath Keepers now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what happened to him. He was captured by the government, oh. and uh, he's a he's a Winter Soldier. Oh, you think he's he's uh, embedded in the Oath Keepers? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would oh, be well. Odd. I don't know. Okay, we're about to play uh, the rest of the episode as we recorded it before uh, the charges came out, and um, we talked about. Also, Magic for Humans. So this is a, in fact, it's a long episode, but we had a lot of fun talking about magic, talking about science. Boy, by the time the episodes come out, I've long forgotten anything I said on them. So you're going to be as surprised as I am. We have disavowed, (laughs) disavowed everything we've said in the previous episode uh, weeks later. Mm -hmm. I disavow uh, everything I've said up until uh, now. Okay. Here's the episode, Rick and Morty and Magic for Humans. Please, Please enjoy. enjoy. Or don't. Either do one of those two things. Bye. Mm-hmm. Welcome to be DFM. My name is D. I am B. And uh, we're going to talk about um, television. Yes, this is a podcast where we talk about television and many other things. Mostly other things. We're not going to talk about television that much. We're we- going to watch television. We talk on. We talk a little bit. We hit pause. We watch TV. We come back and we talk more. Having been raised on television, this podcast is kind of like talking about our parents every week. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think I said in our last recording last week that the dad from Small Wonder was like, you know, in Your some dad? ways my, my real dad. My no, real dad. So, no, but more like. Uh, I am Small Wonder. Yeah, uh, he he as a father figure, you know, looms large in my if you in my childhood mind. That this podcast would go mega viral if you re- revealed to me after three and a half years of dating on this <laughs> podcast 
that you are like Vicky, uh, <laughs> a robot made by a, a weird quasi-pedophilic <laughs> engineer dad. Everybody always says that about this guy. All he did was take a... He stole a naked girl <laughs> robot, anatomically <laughs> and correct. <laughs> First it was Lewis Carroll, and now this. This poor guy. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. Lewis Carroll did old kids. It's it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to think about it. Uh, he wrote a great book. <laughs> anyway, Wh- which one are you, are you talking about? Uh, Through the Looking Glass, I think. That's the only good one. I have to say is the good one. <laughs> Alice's um, Adventures in Wonderland. Bullshit. <laughs> I never read any of them, but no, um, they're both fine. The animated movie, the first animated Alice, was great. Definitely, as I recall. Yeah, there's going to be some great animation on our show today. We're going to do some animation. We're going to watch And we're going to do mm-hmm. some magic. We're going to talk about magic and animation. Mm-hmm. So we're each going to suggest a, an episode of TV that was memorable or formative to us. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to watch them together. We'll recap them quickly here on the podcast, and then we'll talk about it. But um, I do believe, although we never keep track of this thing, that you should go first this week. That sure. That sounds right to me. <laughs> As we say every week. Yeah, we, that we sounds guess right. every week. And someday we'll figure out how accurate our guesses have been <laughs> on some scale of accuracy. Yes, I think uh we'll watch my episode first today. What is it? What and is it? I have chosen an episode of the prestige adult animation series Rick und Morty. Oh um, the, the one about um, Back to the Future, about Doctor Doc and basically, yeah, Doc yeah. and Marty. That's definitely what I, what I asked myself when I first saw Rick and Morty. I was like, what? So does that is that a thing? That's that's like the bit. Is that the bit? He's it like, is a, he's you, like you've the seen bit. the original, then, right? That the the yes. Channel One Hundred and One. It was originally called Doc and Marty, right? And they had to change it. I eventually because saw that the basically. original. Short, which is not one of the Rick and Morty episodes, but you can find it somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, probably still on Channel 101. In the original one, Rick Rick bursts in and goes, Morty, you have to suck my dick. The universe is going to end if you don't suck my dick. <laughs> Morty, I'm serious. I know this is as uncomfortable for me as it is for you, but the whole planet's going to explode if you don't suck my dick. <laughs> but they're Doc and really, Marty. But, it's not but Doc they and are. Marty. Okay, so they're, ba- they mean, yeah. Well... And it might be Rick and Morty yeah. in the short, but it's definitely based on Christopher Lloyd and uh, Michael J. Fox. Totally. Oh my God! Oh wow! Okay. Uh, it was called Doc and Marty, and Marty is spelled yeah M H A R T I M H Marty. Oh <laughs> yeah. Doc oh and weird. Marty. Um, okay, so they just changed it a little bit to not get sued by. Robert Zemeckis. Totally. But yeah, great. <laughs> Rick and Morty is my favorite. Did you say what episode yet? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I just wanted to note that uh, Royland created that that short be- while he was getting cease and desist letters from Bill Cosby's lawyers for House of Cosby's. Oh, House of Cosby's. As Another a humorous protest, he created a vulgar Back to the Future parody, uh, and then he renamed he named them Doc Smith and Marty McDonald's. <laughs> To avoid a lawsuit, uh, but then uh, they became Rick and Morty. And the episode that I have chosen is 
Season 2, Episode 2, Morty Night Run. One of my favorite episodes of the series. Oh, yeah. Featuring <gasps> Jermaine Clement. Jermaine is in it. Um, and it's also the one with the Jerry Burry. From, of course, Flight of the Concords, which we should watch on the show, too. Um, yes. J- Jerry Burry. It's also the one with the Jerry Burry. That's which, great. Which, if you're a uh, Just current watcher of Rick off. and Morty, has... Um, was mentioned again in this current season and uh yeah do they make another um, trip there they they stop by and pick up jerry again or something well they do actually yes because this this episode also features the i mean the jerry Bree is on the blips and chits planet where um where they'll later go to play roy again in uh in this current season oh right exploration of roy Uh, the diehard episode the diehard episode yes where summer has to do a diehard uh this episode is the first time we see uh, blips and shits. It's the first time we see the video game Roy. Um, and oh, cool! That's a great and, existential uh, stuff to talk about. Jermaine's there. character uh, Fart. I like this name, Fart. <laughs> yeah. Great, love it. I'm excited. And then we're going to watch my episode, and and I've I kind of teased this like three or four episodes ago. I don't remember why, how we get, got into it. Oh, twins with uh, baskets. <laughs> yes. When you. we talked about baskets, we talked about twins. And I talked about my theory, and we're really going to look at it. <laughs> I'm going to make you confirm or deny my theory that magician Justin Willman from Magic for Humans on Netflix is twins, secretly twins, <laughs> and they live in secret as one guy, a la The Prestige. And um, we'll spoil the entire pot of plot of the prestige while we're at it why not just in passing sure. hey it's been out now for weeks <laughs> in fact maybe i want to i want to do a, a whole speech about spoiler panic because i've had it spoiler culture. We, we need to calm down everybody you know what we, we, we all need to talk about culture it's good to talk about culture it's what we have in common and it brings people together we can't be so damn scared about spoiling things it's okay uh kurt vonnegut said tell your audience make sure your your audience knows the whole story before you start telling them the story it's okay if you know a a twist coming up your world is not going to end nor neither your enjoyment of what you're watching anyway sure i'm going to yell more about (laughs) spoilers later side note just saw a movie this week called spoiler alert oh great movie (laughs) listen spoiler alert it's based on a book called spoiler alert the hero dies at the end and it is a memoir. Oh, there's a movie called John Dies at the End. Is I know, right? It's not the same? No relation. Okay. It's a different guy. It's his memoir, so it's his true love story. Anyway, uh, Jim Parsons is in it, uh, a lot of other people, but it's directed by the great Michael Showalter, and uh, it's a good movie. It's the gay tragedy to go with uh, bros as the gay comedy of our era, uh, with Fire Island in there as the gay uh, romantic adaptation. Gay runner-up. The three gay movies of the year in my book. Okay. have not seen it. Saw bros. Very funny. All right. We are going to go watch Rick and Morty and Magic for Humans. Oh, I didn't tell you which one. Oh, yeah. Magic for Humans, an episode called Guilt Trip from season one. It's uh, They're not numbered on Netflix. One, two, three, four, five. Season one, episode five. You can watch this on Netflix. It's called Guilt Trip. It's it's magic tricks. It's illusions. It's really fun. It's a great show. I enjoy it. But um, being the analytical scientist that I am, I 
rewind and watch scenes over and over trying to figure out how they do it. And there's only one way, and it's as if he's twins. But I want to also talk about magic, and we'll talk about it from a scientific context. So we're going to go watch Magic for Humans Season 1, Episode 5, and Rick and Morty Season 2, Episode 2. Which is streaming on HBO Max. If you are someone who has already seen these episodes of television and remember them, you might want to just keep listening. If you haven't seen them and you don't care, you might just want to keep listening. If you would like to uh, become a Patreon of ours, it's not called that. If you would like to become a patron of ours... It's called being a Patreon. Being a Patreon at our, on our Patreon, or if you'd like to subscribe at Garage TV, that's G R A G E dot TV slash BDFM. Yeah, you yeah. Can, uh, Download the app Garage TV on iOS or Android. You can listen to our watch alongs. Listen along as we watch these shows, and uh, if you'd like, you could put the shows on one screen, put us in your ears. Listen to us laugh while you're it's watching like the show. Netflix and chilling with us, except you won't be having sex with us, but you <laughs> might overhear us making out. <laughs> yeah, the watch-alongs. Here's the thing. We don't know if anyone's listening to the watch-alongs yet, so for now, they mostly are just us making <laughs> just out making while we're watching out. the show. Um, once like we, once people start <laughs> listening, we might start talking, you know, sex re- reacting to the show. <laughs> By <laughs> the way, that, that's worrisome. my impression of sex up. <laughs> Worrisome sex sounds. Worrisome. I don't like that angle. That sounds <laughs> <Pop>. a little... <laughs> Ouch. It's just a popping sound. <laughs> yeah. So uh, either way, go watch these episodes if you'd like to revisit them on your own or don't. But or we're going to recap them. Or some weird third thing. We'll be right back. PDFM is brought to you this week by... The Anarchist Cookbook Box. If you... um. You're into uh, anarchy and um, general um, uh, lack of uh, governmental control and uh, the slash self-control. Uh, are you into making illegal things, building uh, dangerous weapons at home? We'll send you every week, every week. That's a lot. This is a lot of boxes. Every week, Anarchist Cookbook Box will send you the makings of one thing in the anarchist cookbook which you know is you can find online and probably we will get uh trolled for the fbi by even mentioning it but go to the dark web oh right <laughs> download the anarchist cookbook we'll send you we'll send you the ingredients we're going to send you a bunch of manure and you can process that into uh tnt at home we'll send you ways to uh spy on uh your boss at home from from your house uh we're going to send you Everything you need to build a drone to, um, oh, we just got to see this, this letter. <laughs> Never mind it. William Powell converted to Anglicanism in 1976 and has attempted to have the book removed from circulation. This is, a, this is our fine print. It, the box no longer exists. The company has gone under. Don't look for us on the dark web. Use DuckDuckGo to search for Anarchist Cookbook Box <laughs> at home. Be sure to use a VPN. Welcome back to BDFM. I'm D here, B. We just watched some TV. We just watched Magic for Humans, mm-hmm. season one, episode five, Guilt Trip. Amazing stuff. Our minds are blown. And uh, Rick and Morty, second episode of the second season. It's called Morty Night Run. Awesome minds blown. This Rick and Morty episode is the one where Rick is teaching Morty to drive the 
what he refer- always refers to as the car, their spaceship. Rick gets a call from someone who wants to meet him. They both realize that Jerry is in the car with them and that they're going to have to drop Jerry off. All right, Morty, lesson's over. we got some business to attend to a few light minutes south of here. Oh, you still use south in space? Whoa, Jesus, Jerry, what the hell are you doing here? By the way, valid question. <laughs> He's using the word south in space, which makes no sense. They go to this planet where they drop Jerry at this building and Jerry walks in. I'm Jerry. Oh, I know you are. Did you come here? But they already know him for some reason. My son and father-in-law. Wait, are they coming? Oh, they'll be back soon. What? And it's all Jerry's. The Jerry Bree. What the hell? I know, right? What the hell? I know, right? So it seems that Rick's and Morty's uh, across the across the universe are um the multiverse across the multiverse are constantly dropping jerry off when he gets to be either when he gets to be annoying or when there's some sometimes it's when earth is threatened so jerry's gonna stay here for a while as the b story in the a story rick and morty meet this guy he is a gromphlamite chrombopolis michael chrombopolis michael the gromphlamites are sort of insecty things he pays rick money uh for a weapon and it's a weapon that shoots antimatter because his target can't be killed by regular matter. Oh. Chrombopulus Michael is a, an assassin. And he says that he has no code of ethics. He just loves to kill. And he gives Morty his card and says, if you ever need anyone killed, give me a call. Uh, Morty is very offended that Rick would just straight up sell a weapon to a killer for money. Like, there's no way for Rick to claim, like, don't worry, he only kills bad people or something because... Uh, K. Michael tells him straight up, he'll kill anyone. He'll kill old people, children. <laughs> he does not care. He just loves killing. Who played uh, by uh, the talented, extremely talented Andy Daly? Yes, Andy Daly. Chrombopolis Michael. So they Rick drop off it. Jerry. They do the de- the deal, and they go to. Rick, yeah, Rick has uh, has done this because uh, with all that money, he can take Morty to Blips and Chits, the uh, sort of interdimensional uh, Dave and Buster's. Um, they go to this arcade, and Rick says, basically, chill out, check out this video game. It pops a VR headset on his head, and this happens. Murderer, so you can play video games? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you spend all day shuffling words around, you can make anything sound bad, Morty. Here, check this out. <laughs> and he wakes up as a little boy named Roy. His mother tells him <laughs> it's just a fever dream, and he then goes through life as this person named Roy. Um and uh yeah so we're led to believe that the 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 consciousness of this in this video game is sped up to like a, a hundred years every couple of minutes yeah sort of it so you kind of very long. in a few minutes you you consciously feel like you're living the entire life of a, a man named roy yeah it's a great a great concept it's a great concept because of course we could all be roy's uh oh, so roy. And then this is him. <laughs> Thrash your Roy score. I'm kind of on Rick's side at this point. Like, <clears throat> shut up, Morty, and play video games. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, it is pretty amoral what he's doing. but It is. And Rick says, I never go back to the carpet store. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he uh, he then jacks into Roy himself and uh, people gather around to watch one guy, one alien yells out, this guy's taking Roy off the grid. <laughs> off the grid. This guy doesn't have a social security number for Roy. <laughs> Which is amazing. You have to ima- imagine what kind of life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's kind of like. <laughs> Rick is living in that world. Yeah. It's that, that uh, you know, daydream people have sometimes of what if I just went off the grid and <laughs> threw away my phone and social security number. So. Morty decides that he is going to go, that he's going to go stop what's happening. And what he does is he uses the card that K. Michael gave to him and uh, makes the ship It's pilot like a homing card, it. I guess. Yeah, it's got of. kind of like, you know, an effectively like a QR code or some, something and he can scan. But it like, what the ship does with it is it takes, it takes him directly to that location and takes it the same way Dorothy was taken and to run, the witch's location. Over. Squishes him the car so <laughs> unintentionally morty didn't mean to do this but maybe the car yeah. kind of did well it, it's funny that this this fearsome killer uh is so easily just <laughs> accidentally killed off in the first act by morty he runs him over and then um he he mm-hmm. sees the target that k michael was there to kill which is a floating uh gas being mm-hmm. like several of the original star treks yes it's uh, a it's a big sort of you know bluish translucent cloud with pulsating gems inside of it with the voice of jermaine clement yes clement it talks with the dulcet tones um but basically doing his bowie impression which he did in the first season of flight of the concords Mm -hmm. as bowie and on their hbo special yeah he asks morty to release him from this prison where he's being held um this cage he's being held in and uh Morty is totally convinced that he's doing right. He releases the fart cloud, which he, uh, whom, I think whom Rick, Rick refers to as fart com- repeatedly. And Rick refers to him as a fart, and uh, and the cloud says, "I like this name." And he he take he decides that his name he is takes fart. Takes the name fart. Um, Morty releases him, and uh, bugs come running to to kill them, and basically Rick has to defend them, even though he doesn't want to. He's really he's he's furious at Morty for not wanting to just hang out and chill and play video games. He's furious that he has he's he had to use his portal gun to come find him and save him. So he has to kill a bunch of Grophlemites. <laughs> he has to kill a bunch so of they can escape. Yeah. With uh, the prisoner. With the prisoner. They can't go through a portal because the prisoner is made of gas. Oh yeah, so, so they just have to So run they're trying away. to get back to the wormhole that Fart came through, which is very much a vulva this portal when we eventually see it. A glowing vulva in the sky that he has to return into. (laughs) Uh, Rick is saying none of these people would have died if you hadn't, you know, done this. He's killing a bunch of people are, are, there are a lot of casualties as they're uh, making their way through these insects. I mean, Um, they they go to Gear World where his friend Gear Face, what do they call him? Gear mm -hmm. Face? Oh, Uh, yes. It's kind of a mechanic because he's into gears and because the car needs to tune up. Yes. So Gearhead helps him out. There's a bounty on Rick's head, and the gear guy turns him in. And because of this betrayal, Rick rips off some of his nuts and bolts, <laughs> stuffs them in his mouth, and uh, which is a pretty badass scene. This is very much badass. like when Doctor Who. He, Rick is very much like Doctor Who, and usually he's just a jovial, jokey kind of guy. And every every once in a while, he's like, "Don't fuck with me," and he <laughs> does something really fucked up. So on their way off of the Gear World, they they kill 
everyone. <laughs> I mean, they just they cause a huge, huge discretion. They they don't destroy the planet, but we see them destroy like a town, basically. Yeah, um, with psychological warfare, we find out that fart can get into people's heads and make them commit suicide, which mm-hmm. he does in spectacular fashion, and hundreds of pe- gear people are dying. Yeah, he makes Mostly a police cops. officer. He gets in a, also in a cop's people. mind and makes hey. him crash his car. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Jerry... Okay, Jerry is still at the Jerry Bury, and there's a segment where he, he decides to leave. He finds out that that's always allowed. He's allowed to leave. Um, it's just that when he goes outside, it's a horrible, hostile planet. There's disgusting aliens everywhere, like, and it's they're really threatening. like being on, you know, on a low-income neighborhood of a, a big city, and there's it's, like, dimly lit, and there's aliens lurking about, and he's, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, everything is, like, yeah, everything is unfamiliar to him, and he has something... He does not know what to do, so he ends up willingly going back to the Jerry Bury. So they get back to the wormhole, and uh, Fart ex- explains its evil plan. Um, to kill all humans. To kill all humans. And, Same um, plan as Bender's on Futurama. Morty, who we can see, is realizing that he's going to have to probably shoot this thing. And yeah. asks him for a final yeah. song. He asks him to sing one more time. In the beauty. The antimatter gun is cool. It kind of melds him away. So when they get back to the Jerry Bury after this adventure... Um, Plenty of fart jokes, by the way. He's, he's been cracking <laughs> fart jokes this whole time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Morty has, has caused all of this death and destruction for nothing. And he should have just—he should have listened to to Rick because uh, it was actually right and good that uh, that fart was going to be killed in the first place. Uh, he should have stayed out of it. Um, but how was he going to know that? Hindsight is twenty twenty, as Roy's doctor says. In Roy, um, they end up at the Jerry Bury, and uh, they go and get their their Jerry. But just as they're walking away with him, another Rick asks. Uh, hey, which one do you have? Do you have 627 or something? And he's like, uh, let me see. Let's see the ticket. Morty looks in his pocket for the ticket. He pulls out a blips and chits ticket. He doesn't have the ticket. Oh, he doesn't have the ticket. So they just grab. And so they go, oh, whatever. And so so, th- so our Rick switches the, our Jerry out and is like, whatever, just take. <laughs> take so switches basically the they just Jerry. take any Jerry. Yes, they just take any Jerry. It doesn't matter. And the two Jerrys are left going, wait, uh, uh, w- uh, as they're forced to leave um, as we come to find out later in the series that the all the characters are so mixed up like the original summer mm-hmm. is not the, the the none of the summer and morty and jerry and beth from mm-hmm. the first season are even the ones that are still yes. in the series anymore they've all switched with duplicates and yeah. doppelgangers and clones it's very tangled um and if you're currently watching rick and morty you'll know that uh the Jerry who was taken, who was mistakenly taken from the Jerry Bury, uh, will will be sent back there when when portal travel is reset in the season opener of this current season that's playing mm. right now, which is season six. Yeah, season I think six. So. Um, yeah, and then the button at the end of the episode is an advertisement for Blips and Chits, right? Yeah, and they have Roy too, which is Dave. Oh yeah. Oh, th- this, for lips and this is kind cute. of the button of the episode. 
While you were gone, I found a new wormhole with millions of beings just like him on the other side, and they're all coming to visit. What? Rick, no, you can't! Too late, Morty, the hole's opening. No, no, Rick, you don't understand! <laughs> there's, there's a lot more where that came from, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Rick and Morty. Yeah. Loosely based on uh, the amazing movie Midnight Run, I guess. I don't know how closely the uh, names usually follow the episode, but... Um, that's yeah. definitely a theme here, Midnight mm-hmm. Run. Uh, so yeah. let's all go watch that and uh, come back. Okay, we're back. All right. That was a great movie. Man, Grodin, <laughs> National Treasure. Grodin okay. and De Niro, yeah. best friends forever. You might say they're magic oh. together. And, and that leads me into our next next show. Okay, so we watched Magic for Humans. It's season one, episode five. It's on... Um, netflix it's called guilt trip i recommend this series it's it's really fun to watch and try to figure out how he does stuff and um most of it you can't some of it's just like sleight of hand magic and i've seen a lot of that i still don't exactly know how they do it but i i get sleight of hand magic Mm -hmm. um some of it is these bigger things that just blow my mind let's see in this episode uh it starts with phone in a bottle Mm-hmm. Which is he's at the the LA Marina and he s- some girls walk by and he he has a bottle on a rope like a big uh, like gallon sized glass bottle on a rope and he throws it in the marina and it's just floating out there like fifty feet out and then <laughs> he asks one of the girls for their phone and she stupidly is like yeah sure. <laughs> he takes the phone like he's skipping a rock and he just throws it out into the marina in the water. And she freaks out, obviously. And then he pulls the bottle back in with the rope and lo, the uh, the phone is in the bottle. It seems to be encased in the glass bottle that has a small uh, neck, where, which means you have to break the bottle to get it out. Um and just to prove it, he has the girl's friend call the phone and it rings in the bottle. So, like, <laughs> bl- mind blown. Because you can see when he's pulling the the bottle in, you can see the phone in it. Yeah. And um, I don't know what's going on. It's it's ringing in the bottle. Then he breaks the bottle and gives it to her. I guess he could have switched it out when he gave it to her. Crazy. And the girls look shocked, as they should be. But then he goes, <laughs> the, the uh, bacon... Uh, bit which is he's uh offering people free bacon on the sidewalk on a little stand and then he said he tells them before they eat it would you would you still eat that if you met the if you were looking right at the cute pig who had to die and they're like well we that pig isn't here and he he like he has a a a rolled up scroll in his hand and he (laughs) unrolls it and there's a piglet behind it somehow. <laughs> like it, I don't know how that happened either. He, the piglet doesn't look like it could have been rolled up in the poster, but somehow he unrolls the poster and <laughs> there it is on the table behind the roll. And that baffles people. I don't know he how does. He, it. he talks to some mothers because this is about guilt. And he says, "Who are the guiltiest family?" Which families give the biggest guilt trips? And one of them says Italians, and one of them says Jews. And they're like, <laughs> yep, that's about right. He starts to show the mothers some 
some close-up magic with balloons and, and uh, uh, playing cards. And at first he's like, oh, this is how I did it. I, I palmed the card behind the balloon, and so when I popped the balloon, it looked like the card was inside it. And they're like, oh, I see. Mm. And then he does the real trick, which is you can see him push the card into the balloon, mm -hmm. and the card is now in the balloon. I have, I don't know, like he had a trick balloon or something. Okay, the next thing, it's called trick questions. With, he just puts a razor blade in his mouth and coughs up blood. That's an old trick. <laughs> um, then he does this, the tricks at the school with the kids. He draws a, he doodles something like, a, I think he draws a phone on a notepad and then he like shakes the notepad and the phone falls out yeah. from behind it. Well, it looks but like the, he's palming the, drawing the phone. Like but the, the weird thing is the drawing disappears off. He draws the phone. He shakes the notepad. The phone falls out, which I can understand, but the drawing disappears from the notepad, which I don't understand. Like a lot of times I feel like he's got trick electronic paper that yeah, looks sure. like paper, but it's actually a computer screen. So maybe the notepad is actually a computer screen made to look like paper. Sure. And when you thing. shake it. Okay. Anyway, you know, technology, uh, and this is what I want to get into. Like technology looks like magic when you don't know sure. what it's yes. doing. What else? He does. He, uh, Asks the girl to write a note and fold it up, and then he opens an orange, and then the note's inside it. These are pretty standard tricks. But then the one that blew my mind so hard when I first saw this, and I rewound it many times, <laughs> is the purse snatching trick. Mm -hmm. This is the one that first gave me the theory that Justin Wilman is secretly twins, a la The Prestige. <laughs> because we see this corner cafe in Echo Park, and somebody's sitting outside on the patio an old lady who's an accomplice says would you watch my purse while i go to the bathroom and various people were there and they're like sure and so and then justin the magician walks by on the sidewalk says hi to the person so they look at his face grabs the purse and runs away so everybody freaks out mm -hmm. and then they call 911, and a police car pulls up from the other angle of this corner that they're on and they give him a description of the burglar not knowing that it was him yeah but then the first time you see it you're like okay he ran around the block because I, I know the block it's a small triangle block so you could easily run around it in 10 15 seconds but he does it he does the trick three times and it gets faster and faster the third time i've still framed the video and you can see him in the same frame running out from the left as yeah, he's you can see him in the same frame running out of frame on the left at the same time you see the police car pulling up on the right with no camera cuts and then he's in the police car so to be honest you don't see him twice in the same frame but you do see him and the car that he's supposedly driving in the same frame yeah. he grabs the purse he <laughs> runs off there what see the the police car is in frame with him as he's running away. And and then we see him get out of the police car. So <laughs> try that one more time. This but faster. Anyone sitting here? Yeah. Okay, so there it is. Look. Okay, there's the car and there's his face. There's his face. There's the police car. <sighs> there's no time at all for him to the, even We're at 823. This is 823 and a half. Okay, now we can clearly see someone in the police car. We can't see it's him. So maybe somebody else is driving the police car and, and somewhere along the lines they, they switched to him. But watch this. And no cuts. 
And then we, now we see his face, and he's there's it, uh, there's no other. It, now it's eight sixteen. <sighs> I mean, from I, I guess this is from the end. So from eight twenty three to sixteen, that's seven seconds. He has changed clothes and run around the well, block okay. and gotten in the car. Okay. Well, has he changed clothes or has he just taken off the hoodie? Fine. He could be wearing the same pants. He pulled the hoodie off, but that's the only. He had no time to get in that car. This is why I think he that would this is a brother, <laughs> a twin brother. It's I don't understand that at all. Anyway, it's it's even difficult to do with trick editing. If it was trick editing, it would be difficult to pull that off and make that look real. Yeah, because you see, there's a woman in the and restaurant. because the camera does the camera Oof. swing. Wait, does the camera move from one side to it does? The camera moves a little. Which makes it hard to edit. It's possible to edit. But I don't think it's edited. Okay. <laughs> anyway, more on that. But oh my God. the next trick, he's on the beach and he puts a key on an iPhone cord. And then he pulls it off, which is close-up magic. It's pretty cool. Then, um, oh, the I'm sorry cards. He's at the florist. Mm-hmm. And he hands somebody a bo- bouquet of flowers with a card already sealed. Yeah. And he says, do you have anything you want to apologize to your friend or partner for? They say the apology, then they open the sealed thing, mm-hmm. and the apology that they just said is on there. Yeah. No idea how they did that unless they pre-interviewed people or looked them up sure. on the internet yeah, or, or something, which something. is possible. That's about it. I don't know if there was a closer, but I think that was about the show. Fun show, and I don't hate it, but um, I did want to talk about magic. Yeah. When was the last time you saw magic? It was probably with you mm-hmm. when we went to the Magic Castle. Not to brag, <laughs> but I know a magician in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know several magicians in L.A. And there, there is a place. If you have, You've probably heard of it by now, but um, when I first moved to L.A., it was all I wanted to do. I was like, how do I get into this place? Because somebody told yeah. me there's a giant castle in the Hollywood Hills. It really is a big castle, and it's only for magicians, and you have to either be a magician or invited by a magician t- mm-hmm. to go there, and then you watch magic shows all day and drink. And to get in, you have to go through a secret uh, opening bookshelf. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. It's great. There's very a player cool. piano that um, mm-hmm. is, quote-unquote, played by a ghost where you can you can ask it to play something for you and it will Mm -hmm. which i know how that works there's some person in a back room with Mm -hmm. a camera and the pianos are linked by technology (laughs) sure so somebody in the back room is listening to what you're asking to play and then they're playing it and yeah technology And, and i guess that's to my point that there really is no magic in turn there's no like harry potter-esque magic in the world because Mm -hmm. What magic really is, is some sort of technology or something, somebody, some clever trick somebody's figured out. But really, that's technology. Mm-hmm. Even even if it's just shuffling cards, you know, and pulling them out, in, in a way, that's kind of te- technology. Sure. So I think all magic, the definition of magic is just something you don't know how it happened. Because people, I think people in the world get confused because things seem magical. And when things seem magical then they think they get confused as to what the yeah. real world is. And to some extent, I think people want to be confused because it's fun to 
hmm. see magic tricks and illusions. But then it gives people the idea that there's like magic powers. Yes. When really it, it is definitely all illusions and tricks. But I think it's something that's impeded science or, or even like the marketing of science. You know, people have people don't trust science because hmm. it takes away the magic sometimes. Like in a way, yeah. like religion is about a magic a, a magician who has created <laughs> us and who is magically controlling things. Mm. And then when science came along and was like there was a, a sun god in many cultures that raised the sun, but then science came along and made lenses and looked at the sun and mm-hmm. did a bunch of math and then realized there's no sun god. So the science killed the magic, which is the religion. Sure. And which is why I think we have a lot of problems we do in the world is because not that religion is bad, but because religion depends on magic, which means literally mm-hmm. it depends on people not knowing what's actually going on. Sure. Because when you learn how the sun works, you stop believing in the sun god. And mm. when you go into the forest and explore it, you stop believing in the forest god. And when you become a marine biologist, you stop believing in the sea and ocean gods, you know, that you don't believe in Neptune anymore once you've gotten your PhD in marine biology. Sure, yeah. Because you probably did before. <laughs> but once when you have your masters you still believe in Neptune, but when you have your PhD you finally realize. Yeah. No, I'm just um, saying that magic is fun but it can be harmful because people would rather not believe and institutions would rather you not know. Mhm. What's going on around us? Yeah. By anthropological definitions, both science and religion are are systems of explanation. Sure. And technology and magic are systems of manipulation. Magic is how you manipulate the world using using like your knowledge of religion. And technology is how you manipulate the world using your knowledge of science. Um so magic actually sure. in an, in an anthropological framework exists in the world because it just means rituals people do hoping for shit basically yeah um so we like you're like yeah there's religion and magic includes like um like uh, catholic rituals sorry catholics sure in an anthropological framework are called it's just called magic lighting candles a lot of them uh, chanting spooky songs and a lot of those rituals are based on um what i call the 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 lucky shirt principle um which is you see it all the time, a quarterback or a mm-hmm. basketball player or somebody will be like, I wore this shirt under my uniform when we won the first two games and I'm not taking it off because it's my lucky shirt and it's going to take us all the way to the Super Bowl. And <laughs> there's nothing, that shirt is not doing shit, but you're in your head, you yeah. don't know how you won and you're associating it with a random thing. It's yeah. the exact same thing as uh, the ivermectin phenomenon that we Oof. all experienced recently, which is that when rich people who are controlled by the pharmaceutical industry <laughs> start telling you this thing works, then somebody who's sick with COVID takes quack medicine. Mm-hmm. They get better because a lot of people with COVID just get better. Yeah. And then it's like the lucky shirt thing. They go, oh, it's this thing that cured me. And then 
a bunch of people get tricked into purchasing mm. a placebo drug that does nothing and has been now proven scientifically has no effect on COVID. But because some people got better randomly after taking it, it's like this magic mm. placebo effect. And that's how the institutions and elites can literally <laughs> steal mm. your money with magic because sure. if you don't understand the process more on that going back to what you said that, that the religion and science are what'd you say are that are, they're like explanatory like they explain yeah. how the world works um, right Wh which i like i i like to say that a lot of people would say that oh science is just a religion because it requires faith but i think that's wrong i think what is true though is that all religions are a science to an extent because mm. the the uh, the scientific method is hypothesis mm -hmm. you make a educated guess at what's happening mm -hmm. and then the next step is you come up with a test to test your hypothesis mm -hmm. and then you take data and you see if your hypothesis holds up religion is hypothesis mm -hmm then murder anyone who's, who disagrees <laughs> with your hypothesis. <laughs> there is no taking in new data and changing the yeah. hypothesis because, yeah. you know, elite people are making millions of dollars off of you believing in this hypothesis without, mm. uh, that's what faith means. Believe us, the rich and powerful. Yeah. We'll take your money. Mm -hmm. Believe our hypothesis no matter how, far-fetched it seems old man with a beard in the sky okay yeah um but if you don't believe us we will kill you because mm -hmm. we have this hypothesis meanwhile science is like happy to entertain the hypothesis of god but then do a bunch of studies and <laughs> and and you know tests and you know so far mm -hmm. we're not finding any of those gods that doesn't mean they're not there it just yeah. means that your hypothesis of all the hypotheses of how we got here, the God hypothesis is one of the weakest and least least probable. So I, I never tell I don't like telling people their religion is wrong, but I will tell you objectively your religion is less probable than a lot of other yeah. <laughs> hypotheses. Sure, I think people uh, you know I've always been I've always been bothered by the fact that both adherents and uh, non-believers focus so much on cosmology and on the religion of it all when mm -hmm. when it's clear that the the benefits of religion are in the social are in the system. practice of well no actually i was gonna say just like well yeah yeah like the the practices of religion are in prayer which is just a word for meditation <laughs> Yeah. Um, a lot of people who are non-Christian uh, specifically uh, will angrily, will talk about prayer very angrily um, as something that's fucking useless and like who's well, praying yeah. means shit. And it's like, yeah, but, Usually but in the, context the original, of like yeah, because a bunch of people, a bunch of children died from machine guns that you made legal. Right. And your only recourse now is thoughts and prayers. That's why yeah. people get upset. If you're saying like I'm going to pray about it, which you're, which you're right, 
saying I'm going to pray about it is a selfish answer because you're saying I'm going to me- I'm going to make myself feel better by like just feeling really calm <laughs> while not um, actually fixing the problem while not fixing the problem. So yeah, prayer can be bullshit, and but it also doesn't mean I'm beg I'm literally begging a literal god for things I wish will happen. That's usually not I don't I think most people who actually pray probably would say that's not really what it means. It doesn't mean listing things as a wish I list. I pray for candy and <laughs> pussy every night <laughs> i think it's i think it's more like oh man uh, i'm i'm just saying things out loud in my own head to myself and that's calming me down sure um but there's I mean, also very like close you to said, meditation you, yeah when, you, when you're deep in prayer like my par- grandparents used to pray the rosary and it's much like a, uh mm-hmm. you know when you meditate you you fixate on a a sound or a you know a mantra Mm-hmm. It's very much like repeating Latin sure. 50 times in a row. Definitely. And um, and fidgeting with the beads. And it feels centering is, you know. and it makes you feel like somebody's watching. And that's fine. I would take that away. But it's it's misused by these politicians who are, <laughs> who are evilly getting rich from industries such as the gun or oil or whatever. Yeah. On the one hand and on the other side of their mouth. As the oil industries are destroying the planet and as the gun industries are tearing apart families, they're just going, oh, my my solution is magic. It's mm-hmm. literally magic. Mm-hmm. This is my only, the only thing that can be done is magic. Yeah. And every time there's a shooting and somebody goes, we should have a law against this. They go, you're being cynical. This isn't a time for laws. This is a time for magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because and that's how the elites control us by telling us magic is real. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a I am a huge skeptic. And of Justin shows. Wilman is <laughs> controlling all of us, is what I'm saying. I think he is. This might be a Truman show. He is the Illuminati. He, not only is he twins, he's <laughs> a pentaveret of magicians. I think so. You have the you have this hypothesis, <laughs> perhaps that that Wilman might be twins. As a skeptic of this. Of all of these types of shows, of which this one is obviously like the best possible version of a show where random people are walked up to and things are done or <laughs> whatever, like whatever. I'm 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 a skeptic of any show of any type of magic or paranormal or otherworldly at all, you know, type of thing being presented on TV because my my best explanation for it all is that it's it's being faked, and I don't mean that it's being faked like. Spit like it's weird, yeah. That's I'm a weird not, word I'm not, to say I'm because magic is fake. It's all fake. Sure, yeah, but I mean Card like tricks are specifically fake. that it's being edited so that we believe. And here's like so. Here's another example. I don't think I'm sure this, these aren't shows that you would ever watch. I'm sure. Yeah. But there exist a number of paranormal shows, ghost yeah. hunting type of shows, or uh, seance type of shows, or sure psychic type of shows. Uh, location-specific psychic type of shows, like the New Jersey psychic, whatever. Um, these people are always talking to the dead, and they're always they're always walking up to someone and going, "Excuse me, like, did you ever know anybody named Dan? Because he said his car is actually blue now." And, and then the person goes, "Like, oh my god, I did paint it blue, and like, how would he? And he was dead." Mm, and I, well, I'm always of the opinion that like. Those people are actors who were paid to say that. They are pretending to be surprised because that's Occam's razor. There well, are not ghosts. And what happens is when someone on TV walks up to someone and says, now open that envelope. It says the thing I just said. And it's like, I 
my mind will always go to that's because they hit pause and they said okay now write down the thing <laughs> and and then like they just cut it together to make it look like a trick um and maybe that's because i have a lack of imagination um but i i i feel like okay. i don't think this is like dangerous that if um i don't think this type of show is dangerous the way that ghost shows are i don't think this show is like that but um a couple of points what you're talking about with is a technique called cold reading which is um you know sure yeah. john edwards and psychics do this which is you know intuitive people can feel out mm-hmm. what somebody's thinking when they ask a bunch of questions you know is it a is it a family member? Is it a friend? You can see in somebody's eyes. And and mm-hmm. Justin Wilman does some cold readings. He also does something. I don't know the exact term for it, but it's like suggestion injection. Oh, yeah, sure. And he does this great thing with influencers. The... Or he's like, pick anything yes, in this yeah. room. Did we watch that? I've seen that one, he yeah. He said, Do it, pick anything in this room. And they all pick the same thing. And then he goes back and shows how he injected those ideas he, mm-hmm. he said ice cube tray 10 times and you didn't even notice yeah and then they picked the ice cube tray yes um yes that those are definitely techniques and again this is all you know technology or, or you know the science of knowing how to um manipulate someone which yeah which is again a, a great point that you know telling someone you're a psychic and you know you are in touch with their deceased parents is very much manipulating them and stealing their money but it's it's a thing that many people are good at doing i don't think this show is edited like i don't think that they're they're doing a you know Mm -hmm. computer graphics to link this this cop with the yeah i don't the robber i don't know how that's done i don't know how it it would be done it, it would be possible to do that but i don't think that People, the editors who are in the project would stand for it. I think they would be tweeting about it. I think the network executives would be like. I guess, although. He's he's yeah. fooling these people in real time somehow. Yeah. And granted, maybe he's running behind a telephone pole and doing something that we're not thinking of. I mean, it must be something we're not thinking but of. That's got to be it. It must be. I, I thought this was just my theory. You, you said that you found a podcast of him denying the theory, which implies, well, it proves that other people have had this theory. <laughs> but when I saw this, I was like, he's like the guy from The Prestige, uh, Christian Bale from The Prestige. And sorry for spoilers. Like I said earlier, let's in 2023 get over our spoiler <laughs> panic, okay? We t- all take in information in different ways and taking it in out of order Spoiler alert, doesn't ruin the final product. <laughs> in The Prestige, Kristen Bale is, is two brothers who have been living as one their entire life because they're devoted to magic. Right. And they pull off these amazing tricks, and then they go home to the one house, and one of them leaves, and the other one can't leave, you know, because they can't be seen. They have one wife, although they also have a separate girlfriend because... The two brothers are both in love with different women, Aww. but as living as one man, it looks like they have a wife and a yeah. girlfriend, and the, the the women don't even know they're two people, so they think they're being oh. cheated on. Aww. The girlfriend thinks she's she's you know uh, yeah she, uh, sleeping with a married man, and the the wife thinks that 
her husband is cheating on her. All this time, it's two men who are both in love with each, wow. each in love with each of them. I mean, it's it's just kind of a joke theory, but <laughs> it's possible that two sure. two white guys growing up in California got into magic when they were fifteen, and they said, after we graduate <laughs> college, let's use the same name, and <laughs> yeah. we'll never go out in public together, and we'll be you know. We'll work on this act together and we'll agree to only show up. One of us shows up at a place at a time so mm-hmm. we can never be, we, you know, we can only talk when we're in the same but house. The, but the, and I won't use the we'll incorrect. get the same tattoos. I, I won't use the incorrect phrase here, but that brings up a question, which is wh- how is that any different in terms of like all the editors and all the people having to keep that quiet? Wouldn't someone know that on the set or like how would, you know what I mean? Like how would they then? That's a good that, question. Uh, that's that. I, yeah, that's you would rough. think that that rumor would get out, yeah. and also, but that's a cooler I, rumor. Like there, there is yeah. there is a code of magic. Here's why my theory falls in the code of magic, and yours doesn't, is because a fraud mm. is someone magicians hate, and they would out immediately, and everyone would scream and okay, yell. Okay, yeah. If they were if they were really legitimately CGIing this stuff, yeah, someone would scream and yell because that's being a fraud. If they were an amazing team. <laughs> of twins and they signed everyone to secrecy i think people would keep that secret because it's like you don't reveal you're not supposed to reveal an awesome trick like that right Um, yeah this is true i i just uh i think i tend i tend to be skeptical maybe because of uh growing up with reality television the way that reality television overtook television for a while yeah um and how some early reality television was a lot rawer and more had a lot more real moments but um yeah but even like the real world one of the first ones is pretty fake yeah and now it's just called unscripted television it's still it's known to be fiction you know and yeah but there are like um i edited some reality tv yeah i mean we we could literally we never did cgi to the scenes but but i could really we call it frankenbiting i could take if if somebody says 10 sentences in a row i could take their little phonemes like little one frame pieces of dialogue mm-hmm. and remix it so they say anything you want That's like crazy. i could literally change all the words around i could change letters and not letters uh, but uh, sounds in the words around i could reconstruct new words from editing sure they do that all the time but there is yeah. again there's a code Sort of. I'm sure people don't all follow it. But there is a code of reality TV where you can frankenbite a n- whole new sentence and have somebody say it, but it has to be true. Like, it has to be sort of yeah. what they meant, in a way. Like Because pe- they'd be getting sued all the time they never, by the participants if yeah, they didn't keep They're it not somewhat. supposed to just make up something. Like, a, a good example was, um, I was I, I was on this documentary. It's called Up for Grabs. It's actually on netflix uh, dvd service which nobody has anymore (laughs) but if you have netflix dvd order up for grabs a documentary uh came out right no it didn't come out it's about something that happened in baseball in 2001 and as you recall we were all much more worried about another thing in 2001 (laughs) um yeah called 9-11 so nobody was paying attention to baseball so it kind of slipped between the tracks but anyway the point being there was a thing where this guy said I'm not some, like, you know, shallow yuppie who gets up at 8 in the morning, plays a round of golf, and goes to the club. 
and my director said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if you changed it? So he says, I'm some shallow yuppie <laughs> who gets up in the morning and plays golf and goes to the club. Th- that was literally like his instruction to me, wow. the editor, was change it to that. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I was like, I'm happy to change around the words of the sentence, but I can't completely s- make him say the opposite of what he meant because that's yeah. not legal or ethical. Yeah. Yeah. And he agreed with me and, and I, w- I won that Oof. debate. But, you know, there is some ethics in um, reality TV, but I agree that it's not real. It's m- it's made up situations. But How do we tie in Rick and Morty? I, uh, it's almost like the magic of Roy. It really makes me think of like an illusion. Mm-hmm. This sort of um, the whole VR thing that's coming up now. Like, like you in your household have a VR headset, and we've played it a few <coughs> times. Yeah, it's really crazy how you become immersed, and you feel like you're. There's that game where you can like jump from these oh yeah you can hold on to these objects in space but then you can you can it's like throw yourself through space and then you'll float to another one and then you grab it and you can like run through this obstacle it's like it's like being in the training room of ender's game it's like you're learning how to propel yourself through space and and or a better movie (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking of the book or a better book or a better book i mean speaking of oof I mean, what, what I, I didn't read that book, but what I got from the movie Ender's Game, it's, this, so it's, it's possibly tainted because I know that the author is a right-wing whack job, but yeah. the, it's so dumb that the answer to, the, the, guy so has, the guy has to figure out how to win the war, and his answer is, sacrifice my friends. <laughs> that's how you win, that's how he wins at the end, is learning how to sacrifice his friends and let them get mm. shot so he can succeed. So he, he learns in training that I can win if I let all my friends get shot and use them as a human shield. Oh and then they use that same technique in the real world, although it's just robots being killed. But it's basically he's basically saying the way you yeah. win in a war, attrition. <laughs> if you kill as many of them and that you let them kill as many of yours, you'll win. Oh my God. It's the dumbest a military strategy ever and the whole movie is is giving it to you as as a, a thesis like yeah. here's a good idea yeah and and not to mention i mean like not to put too fine a point on it it hinges on it hinges on them going ender this video game you've been playing the whole time is actually the real war and so mm-hmm. you're actually controlling real ships out in space right now and you just won the bug war for but us. But he still sacrifices. I don't really remember that so much cuz I, I never did see the movie cuz I couldn't I couldn't bear to watch it. But anyway, um Anyway, anyway I, VR VR is The idea uh, that we could be a Roy it, it's it's kind of a real you know, <laughs> hypothesis. Sure, it's probably definitely not true, but it's it's definitely one of the like modern afterlife fantasies that I hear a lot is like you hear people refer to like, you know, the idea that like, what if when you die, you're unplugged from this thing and you, you, you come out of you this wake screen up and, and you're like, whoa, yeah, you wake up into four dimensions, or five you dimensions and you're like, oh, I'm a squid. Possible. Yeah. And it's also, um, you know, in, in, in physics, we've found elementary particles down to 
what looks like a pixel almost, you know, mm -hmm. down to a little string, a little quark, which is like a little string of energy that kind of looks like, you know, what a transistor might look like if we were inside it, you know, mm. if we were inside a machine quarks might, transistors might look a lot like quarks because they're just mm -hmm. like, Whoa. they're just strings of energy. And so that's fueled a lot, especially in this, you know, century, it's fueled a lot of the idea that we're living in a, holographic universe or uh mm, mm -hmm. um th there's also this i forgot who came up with this theory but mathematically if the universe is 13.8 billion years old right but sure our earth is only like a billion or two years old a very small fraction of the universe at, at the end and we after you know say after uh, two billion years, Earth has gotten to the point where we can create immersive video games that mm -hmm. feel real. Mm -hmm. If we've done that in two billion years, yep. in the 13.8 billion years before that, it's likely that someone else has done that many times over. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's likely that there's many more fake digital universes than there are real universes therefore it's very unlikely that we're in a real universe it's more likely that we're in a fake one because at this point there's probably more fake ones than real ones. If, caveat if the age of the universe is correct if we're in a simulation they're just telling us the age of the universe yes, yeah, we don't know it, it yeah. um so then if we're in a simulation then the real universe might be a billion billion years old we don't know i i think of this i used to think about this when playing the sims because um, I got to say, daily life in the real world is not that far off from The Sims in terms of complexity. It's only a few levels of complexity higher because, I mean, you know, if, if you take the, the assumption that, like, you know, what's, it's only what you see around you is what's being generated at the moment. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the world is kind of like on pause, <laughs> like, and it'll be generated when you get to it. Then it's not, it's not that complex in terms of, like, in terms of like interactions I can do with objects in my space, there's a lot more of them that I have than a sim. But when I when I say the Sims, I'm talking about a game that came out like 20 years ago. The oh, the, the complexity yeah. of of whatever. There's What's the one Sims that's on that are, Sims Four or something that's on iPhone? I think it's even. I mean, it's it's like the seventh or eighth iteration of the game overall. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, there's Sims Mobile. That's like yeah, yeah. The processing I mean, power has almost come populated by AIs at this point and right it will be like maybe we've talked about the singularity and, and ai becoming indistinguishable from human soon within the mm -hmm. decade possibly many people think so are we going to have a sims that have like a hundred living feeling beings in them that are actually interacting and talking while we're not playing the game that's the that's the real yeesh. and then it, are you the god I know, but the thing is, we don't know if we're interacting and talking when God's not playing the game. That's true. We just have memories oh. <laughs> of doing so. So, like that's very true. God could turn off time. Yeah, any moment and that walk you're... away to go take a shit. <laughs> I Big think any God moment. Shit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it it, it's, it smells like <laughs> manna, but still, got to get this. God's got to get those toxins out. Yeah, um, I think that you know Rick Sanchez often refers to himself as a god. Um, mm -hmm. and I think it's because as any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, so too, and I think Orson Scott Card would agree with me, any sufficiently advanced 
Starfighter is indistinguishable from Jesus in science fiction. Starfighters are always out there becoming Jesus, and mad scientists mm. are always out there becoming gods. It's just like yeah, it's if you like Doctor Who is kind of godlike. Yeah, you're either you're either an angel or a god at a certain level of like. He's also um, going back to magic, very much like Voldemort in the sense <laughs> that he's Rick has put mm. in many redundancies to make sure he never dies. Yeah, which was Voldemort's whole deal was. Yeah, I'm gonna make seven copies of myself and download them onto mm-hmm. artifacts so that yeah. I can always, if if I die, I can always reset. Oh my God. Um, yeah, there's no way to really. Man, I wanted to, I wanted to do the Venture, but we should do the Venture Brothers sometime because there's a great little bit about how the, the boys at Venture Brothers mm-hmm. don't spoiler panic. That's my new phrase. Instead of spoiler, like, <laughs> don't spoiler panic. The, the two boys in Venture Brothers are downloaded to a computer every night, so if they die during the day, they can be reset in the morning. Yes, and there are and there's a there's a, a tremendous episode in where we first learn just how often they've died. Oh and yeah, been reset. Um, They're shot by rednecks in the face. God, we should rewatch that one. Yeah, yeah. and then you t- you sort of realize the the depth of maybe next week the sickness. Um, yeah, the dad on Venture Brothers uh, and Rick Sanchez. You know, I think they'd get along. They don't oh, like right. a lot of, neither of them like a lot of people, but I think that they would, they share a, a not Dr. only kind Adventure. of an aesthetic, but they kind of share like a similar outlook, I think. Yeah. Mad scientist characters are great. And Voldemort is a lot like a mad scientist. I think about like. Sure. Yeah. In the, they always, you know, the magic in that show, they always say, you know, is outside of science or something, but it's really silly because if there was. If there was a certain feather that th- that could be fashioned into a certain kind of wood, and uh-huh. if you could move that piece of wood in a certain twirl, and while at the same time saying a, a certain phrase, mm-hmm. and when you did that, a brick wall rearranged itself so you could walk through it. Yeah. That's not magic either, man. That's just science. Like, there should be a science class. Uh-huh. Where they're literally when they're learning spells, they're like, "No, hold it like this. No, say it like this." Yeah, they're doing a science, which is this is a thing that happens in the world, yeah. and we're learning how to master it. Yeah. That's what science is. And it just, uh, you know, the wizarding world seems to be a world with its own slightly different physics that can be yeah. manipulated by certain people. Like you're born with the capability to see and interact with this type of world or well, that's you're not. Well, just and that's... Well, uh, well, I know, but, you know, the yeah. The same thing with the forest. Uh, they ruined it by making them midichlorians. But in, in the idea that you could be born with this ability or you could not, but then some people who it's are troublesome. not yeah, born with it can do it anyway. I, she, I don't she know. She tries to fuck it up a little bit. She tries to complicate it as much Hermione's as she can with squibs and with not born with magic, but she just is smart enough to learn it. Well, no, she's she is. She, I mean, I think by definition, as a witch, she is born with latent magic. She's just born to people who didn't get born with magic. Oh, it's a recessive gene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. Is it genetic? It's it's very stupid. I, li- I like. The, I've read all the books and watched all the movies. I like Harry Potter, but it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb when you know they're exactly. It's it's just a world with different physics and people learning how to mm-hmm. master those physics is no different than baking a cake. You know, you <laughs> someone learned at some point that, that mm-hmm. magically, if you grind up this kind of grass and you you sprinkle in uh, cane from this sugar cane. And, you know, uh, 
this yeast, this this mushroom, <laughs> this fungus called yeast. Yeah. And you sprinkle some of that in there, it makes a delicious cake. That's <laughs> that's alchemy until you understand mm-hmm. mo- molecular bonding. Sure. Um, um, do you know mm-hmm. of the character in Harry Potter? This is not a character from the books, but he only appears in the third movie, Prisoner of Azkaban, in a, in one shot, in the Leaky Cauldron. The camera, uh, Alfonso Cuaron told the camera, pan across this guy who's sitting at the table, and there's this this cute guy, this wizard, uh, who's sitting at the table, reading the theory, reading the history of everything. Is that what the Stephen Hawking book was called? Oh, a brief history a brief, of everything. A brief history of time. Of time. He's a reading brief. a brief history of time, and he's absentmindedly with one finger doing this in the air, which is stirring the spoon in his coffee. Mm. And fans have pointed out that not only is it supposed to be incredibly difficult to do wandless magic, <laughs> but like off the cuff, like while not looking, um, this is the only wizard we've ever seen reading the theoretical physics. Yeah, like he's theoretical. he's he's gonna he's got to be like this guy might be one of the more powerful wizards we've ever seen but he's just a side oh just cool a, he's just a and that's definitely a quirrell ron as the director yes you know a little tidbit because it's not in the book but that's a, a nice nod to to physics i mean yeah I these people you... aren't doing magic they're just mastering <laughs> physics yeah and i think that's why hermione takes to it so well and actually we see hermione um criticize uh the more woolly disciplines of magic, like divination, which she doesn't consider mm-hmm. to be worth spending time on. Um, it's not. Cause Side it's, note. Yeah, she's like, this she's is right. not magic. Like, like you know, she's like, this is just the, Of course, then they portray feeling. her to be wrong in the book. They but do, in yeah. In real life. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she doesn't have enough, you know, imagination. This We, we should watch the X-Files because um, famous atheist Charles... Uh, Nelson Riley. uh the selfish who's the selfish gene uh not charles uh richard Richard dawkins Dawkins. critique of the x-files which is really true and made me look at it differently i I liked that show and i watched it when it was on and it probably doesn't hold up maybe a little the problem with that show is that every episode something weird happens and scully comes up with a scientific hypothesis Mm -hmm. and david duchovny's character comes up with a magical hypothesis Mm -hmm. and in the real world a hundred percent of the time the scientific hypothesis is true or at least a scientific hypothesis is true maybe the third or fourth one maybe not the first one and never zero times is the magical one true every single episode of the (laughs) x-files david (laughs) duchovny is right and the magical one is true it's the same with um indiana jones actually i was just watching indiana jones (laughs) three earlier today and it's really just about how the scientists are wrong and the magic is right oh man it's the religious magic is is actually true which i think fools people into believing yeah that there's magic in the world when they watch all these x-files and they're like see he was right again it was just magic but there's but there's i think it's because people think if there's only science then there's no feeling there's no f- emotion in the world if it's just science, but it's like emo- our emotions are caused by things that you can describe with scientific yeah. terms. Um, I, speaking you of that, still speaking love of love and, and uh, you know appreciate art and a sunset, you know, and yeah. while knowing it how it works. Speaking of art, I mean, speaking <laughs> speaking of rewatching things, I just rewatched Interstellar, mm. 
I uh, I got my mom to watch Interstellar, and I was like, I loved it. Damn it, Anne Hathaway was right. She gives this speech where she's like, Yeah, I want to go to this one planet more than the other planet because I'm in love with the guy who's who went to this first planet, and I I want to follow my heart. But maybe we should listen to that. Love is it's a real thing. Like it's sure. not it's not something that I'm Intuition. imagining. And yeah, and and it's very and it, real. And, of course, she likens it to gravity, which the whole movie kind of is talking about. Love is gravity, I guess. She's pulled um, towards. She's pulled towards. And she's right. And she's, she's pulled right. towards that D to that she's missing. Right? And see that. Why, why not listen That's to her? That's the true gravity. Yeah. It was, the, it was heavy. The penis. Heavy D. <laughs> heavy D in the boys. <laughs> you touched upon something. I, I think it's really cool that in the history of religion slash science, we'll call it science in- inclusive of the hypothesis religion which is unlikely mm-hmm. um the hypothesis started i always like to say usually a lot of old tribal cultures as far as we know a lot of them believed in multiple gods controlling mm-hmm. things the sun the moon the stars and then you know you, you like paganism is an example but there's also lots of multiple god philosophies around the world some still surviving and then most of the world when we when those gods died because we studied the sun most of the world went to monotheism which is like okay there's not a sun god and a moon god and a sky god and a forest god i get it but there's just one up there and he's doing all of it and that's a natural reaction but then science learned that it's likely that we're living in a matrix a hologram it's Mm -hmm. likely that we're living in one of these roy like video games it's scientifically possible mm-hmm. that we're living in a video game and this is how it feels that implies that a team of scientists gods mm-hmm. created the world that we're living in and we're back to polytheism again yeah so full circle from early human ideas mm-hmm. of polytheism which mostly died and became monotheism at the advent of science, now at the advent of quantum science, maybe polytheism again. Mm-hmm. And it also makes me not an atheist because <laughs> I never said there was, no, there was no God. I just believe that a monotheistic, you know, we should watch Stella. I don't think that God's like a guy <laughs> like a, with a big white beard. I consider myself spiritual, <laughs> but not religious. Um, th- they, they parody this very conversation that we're having because yeah. it's maybe try it, but I never was an atheist because it's very likely somebody created all this shit. Mm-hmm. It just seems unlikely to me that it was one guy <laughs> who looks kind of like an old monk. Like <laughs> sure. who wrote the Bible? Old monks. And oh, so conveniently, we're all being controlled by an old white guy with a beard who wears a monk robe. Oh, geez, where did they get that idea? As opposed to like, you know, if there if there is a God and if you're religious and you want to pray to someone, pray to computer programmers, <laughs> the great computer programming team in the sky that built the matrix that we're on. Because maybe they're watching and maybe they are intervening. We yeah. don't know. I do take issue with the fact that uh, simulation theory is so popular, especially like among among people who like maybe five or ten years ago were like i'm an atheist like religion is fucking stupid and then they're like actually it's all simulation so really it's like 
okay like all right it's fine to just to change your beliefs but what i what i okay a couple episodes ago i brought up at the very end of our podcast a documentary that's on netflix but i did not finish my thought <laughs> um oh. and the documentary i forget what it's called something about the matrix it's called the glitch in the matrix probably um mm. and what's cool about it is that uh the talking heads in it are, the interviews are of people who are wearing filters of animated avatars Mm-hmm. So you never you don't see them as people you just see them as these like character avatars and several of the people are describing how they came to sort of believe that we're in a simulation and what they describe psychologically especially if it was being reported by a woman might be called dissociating or experiencing depersonalization but um, these people kind of are like and then I knew the world itself wasn't real so like they make the decision like they have a feeling that the world isn't real and then they're like mm. oh it's not. So they just kind of decide. And they're talking about it in terms where I feel it's a little bit of a cheat to claim that you're not religious when you're saying things like, yeah, like the simulation, you know, the funny thing is it has kind of a sense of humor. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you put things out there and you kind of get things back. And it's like, that's God. You're saying that you believe in a God who has like, I don't want to say that anyone has to use those words, but you're not saying anything very different from what your grandmother told you about God when you were a child. And and to act like this belief is so somehow kind of, like but again, rebellious against that idea is like, oh, maybe all those old people when they were saying God, maybe that's what they also meant. Maybe it's all the same idea. Being religious, though, is being defensive of that hypothesis and often being violent to people without that hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Whereas, again, scientifically thinking, having hypotheses and testing them and the, the difference is, and well, well, I'll never call myself religious, even though you, your point is, is taken and, and very much true. Like I said, I'm kind of a polytheist in a, a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think it might be likely that there's computer programmers that made us, but I would never call myself religious because mm-hmm. I am open to that being wrong completely, mm-hmm. and I would never fight anyone. <laughs> Yeah. Saying that that's definitely correct. I'm just saying it's a possible hypothesis. And mm. um, do you think there will be simulation religions that will become violent in defending their ideas? I think there's a South Park episode about that. I'm sure there is. <laughs> no, but I do fear that um, people who believe in, for instance, hell m- might actually want it so badly that they might create it in the future. Uh, especially if we are all, you know, become some sort of uploadable consciousness. Um, there's nothing stopping anyone from making a server called hell and starting to put people in it and torturing them. Sure. Um, but no, I, d- I don't think anyone without proof, I've never seen anyone without proof going, I'm going to invade your country and kill all of you because you don't believe in simulation theory. <laughs> I, that's never happened. There's never been a war fought over religious idea uh, scientific ideas except in the sense mm. that a scientific people often tried to kill people you know the whole enlightenment is about sure. people learning the scientific method basically the enlightenment is basically the scientific method people going oh i don't have to believe everything i'm told i should mm-hmm. you know do a little investigation and see what makes sense yeah so the idea that People who believe a, a specific scientific hypothesis are religious, I reject because to be religious, 
you have to you have to be closed to any other possibility whereas to to think a hypothesis mm. is is possible or even likely is to be open to other possibilities mm. but again i guess i'm just a pagan who believes in sun yeah. gods computer there's probably a computer programmer right. who's yeah. who's controlling the sun and his name is it could be ed and he's the <laughs> sun god and he's got glasses and he's balding and doesn't have a girlfriend <laughs> sorry ed good job controlling the sun though yeah that uh, glitch in the matrix documentary ends with the thought experiment that maybe the simulation is an alarm that's designed to wake you up by freaking you out so bad <laughs> that you eventually burst out of the simulation and uh, they depict it as an onboard computer on a spaceship mm. waking up like the guy who's because there's an oncoming crash which is ver- a very Roy uh, moment like him going like whoa wait a minute so there, are there people trying to jog themselves out of the simulation by doing because like in in our world in real life maybe no in this documentary uh these are real people right y- well who, who truly believe that they're in a simulation i mean yes that well they do talk about one guy who committed murder as a way to try to sure there's see the, if i don't know if this is <laughs> the same happened. guy um but there's that california father and this is a horrible story who mm. went who drove his two young children to mexico and oh. speared them both with a, a spear gun wow murdered them on a beach left them on the beach drove back to california and didn't tell anybody wow and his wife was like where's the kids and it's horrible yeah and he obviously went to jail for murder and it is in jail now but I, I haven't done a lot of research, but was reported as saying, "Yeah, I woke up and realized that it's all, it's all fake. We're all in the Matrix. My wife's a robot. Mm-hmm. My kids weren't real." Yeah, which is scary, and it's a real. I mean, that's maybe that is why religion. We have religion, and maybe it's a good thing, is because it can be so existentially frightening for someone to believe we're in a simulation. Yeah, that they can freak out and start killing people and totally. if that guy just had a friend who was like getting high and going man yeah maybe we are in a simulation it's still wrong to kill your kids dude yeah <laughs> even if we are in a simulation, even if it's not real it's real to us and it's still objectively mm-hmm. a bad thing to murder children with a spear gun yeah even if the dude is right you know what do you think you're going to get out of it the, the creators of the roy universe we're in are going to go Good job, man. We gave you two kids yeah. and you killed them. Like, yeah, like that's going to unlock. They're, they're not going to. Maybe, maybe he was trying to unlock. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he thought that it would be game over and that the the gods would come down and go. Yeah. Yep. You figured out that it's all fake. And when mm-hmm. it didn't happen, maybe he was shocked. But yes, we might be in a simulation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hmm. It might be the Matrix, but still, like Joey Pants in the Matrix. <laughs> You still have to live by the rules inside the matrix when you're in the matrix. Yeah. You said before about religion that it makes you feel like it makes people feel like someone's watching. Mm. And I think that that's I think there's a spectrum of feeling like you're being watched. And um, on one end, it's like extreme paranoia. And on the other end, it's feeling like you're being watched over by a loving God or something. Yeah. 
um, that feeling, if you can get comfort from it, that might work for you. Uh, yeah, it's like the. That's an intense feeling if you don't if you don't like that idea. <laughs> it's really like the the loving mother thing. It, like um, in the in the book, um, Infinite Jest, mm. there's there's this this piece of um, this you know the room this rumored piece of uh, video. It's oh. like a little movie yeah. that people will use as a terrorist weapon because it's so potent that once people watch it, they they become catatonic and all they want to do is watch it and they're just like won't talk to people again they just like disappear into this movie yeah and and um this you know it's i think there's hospital wards full of people that are just catatonic from watching this movie and they never show what it is what's a book they never say what it is but it's hinted that the movie brings you back to the feeling of being in a baby carriage and looking up at your mother's face and being sort of Mm. taken care of and so it's the idea what you know i think what wallace is satirizing is that this yeah the warm feeling of being watched over by a mother figure is very godlike mm. i mean it's it's almost a shame that the patriarchy took over because you know mother mm. god would be a much better sort of device sure to make up if you're going to make up bullshit <laughs> might as well make it a mother rather than an old man with a beard i mean yeah the goddess, uh, the goddess does make a lot of sense as a symbol as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know the goddess Earth idea, which I think is a great mm-hmm. metaphor, but not real, <laughs> but not literally real. <laughs> yeah, the Earth is very maternal in that it's sort of womb-like, and we spring from it, and we yeah. still spring from it, and um, we're murdering it from the inside. <laughs> yeah, the Earth is like a mother that we're. We're in the womb just like killing with with spears and smoke from inside the womb. Oh, God. That's that's Mother Gaia. Again, fantastic metaphor. I don't think there's literally a a consciousness in Earth that Mm. has wants and beliefs and desires of us. But um, it is a maternal um, metaphor. Yeah. Maybe something... Beyond consciousness. What if the internet wakes up? I mean, speaking of the Earth being alive, I don't believe that Mother Earth Gaia is literally alive, but it's very possible that the internet, a a neural network that is designed after our own brains Mm -hmm. and the size of a billion brains across (laughs) the world could wake up and become literally a sentient being. The Earth... Like Orson Welles in the Transformers movie, 1985. He plays the robot that's the size of the Earth. Yes, right. Uh, uh, um, not Galacticus, that's Marvel. Um, yeah, something like that. Not Galacticus, but um, God, what was it called? But much like um, Orson Welles' character in Transformers, the whole Earth might be waking up and become sort of like a godlike yeah. being. I've always... With, with real wants and thoughts and desires. I, I always get mad when people are like, you know, there's there's nature out there and nature's beautiful and why don't we just call that God? I'm like, no, <laughs> you're telling me there's a God that wants things and controls us and has <laughs> desires and controls where we go after we die. That's not what a sunset is. You're just making that. You're just saying, you're, yeah. you're just saying, believe my hypothesis because look pretty. <laughs> 
Sure. <laughs> That's literally what people are saying. There must be a God because color is nice. Yeah, because... <laughs> like, that doesn't follow. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess perhaps we'll never know. Uh, there's an episode, a recent episode of Rick and Morty in which they're in a simulation. Indeed, it's it's in Roy, actually. They're in Roy again. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is that Morty got stuck in Roy. Morty ha- Morty is like has lost himself within Roy and doesn't know. It's become splintered into all the characters of Roy. Yeah, somehow. there was the it reset the game reset or something when something like that when well but anyway, Morty is splintered into a bunch of people and Rick is in the game as Roy trying to spread this message. But he's like, it's not religious, but I, it, I do have a message from a world beyond this one. I do need you, everyone on mm-hmm. Earth to like come together, but it's it's not religion. And he says, they say something about God, and he says, there's no God in the real world. There's extra no God in here. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Extra no God. So but maybe that's another how, way, you know. In another more accurate way, there is a programmer in the real world who made the game Roy. Right. It was kind of like God. But again, in that game, the programmer just made the programmer walked away. They're not actively going, yeah. I want Roy to do this, and if he doesn't, I will punish him. Yeah. Yeah, um, you have free like, will, uh, like, as Roy. Like our angry Christian God, I will yeah. punish you. <laughs> um, if you don't say enough salutations to me, I will <laughs> bite you. There, there's a certain intention that I think is is vital to believing in gods in that you can't just say, oh, God made a big bang and then walked away. And in mm. that case, I don't call that a god. I just call that. You know, physics. <laughs> Some, yeah. Something started the Big Bang. If it's not here, if you if you're telling me there is a God, then that m- to me means that somebody with intent and may not maybe not watching all the time everything, but but at least somebody with thoughts and wants is looking at it and is you know watching what's happening mm-hmm. and has opinions about it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going. Oh, you know, you know, it, 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 the the universe was created by computer programmers who are now onto another project. That's not very godlike. That's just like them turning on the physics. Yeah, there's got to be a different word for that, I guess. Crea- I guess I mean, the creator. creator is yeah, that is. I guess God and creator is it, are two different things in a sense because yeah, so. you can create something and not lord over it. But it's, but That's saying true. that there's a god is kind of saying that there something is lording, is doing some lording. Something is lording. <laughs> oh lord! Something is lording over us. Lord, lord, lord. Lord, lordy, lordy, lord. I need to smoke some weed and go to bed. <laughs> um, what do we learn today? Today we learn that there might be a god or seven gods. <laughs> Magic is fake, but also kind of real. If you have the technology, then you can fool my ass on TV. But if you're twins, say you're twins. Stop lying to everyone about being one guy. Yeah, Justin. Fess up. Where's your brother? And why'd you get the same tattoo on your forearm? We know what's going on eventually. We know how you did all your tricks. Your brother was in a scuba 
<laughs> outfit and he was swimming around the harbor and that's how the phone got in the bottle. It's all your brother. You maybe you're Jason a horcrux. <laughs> oh. This is a new theory. Justin Woman is a horcrux. <laughs> he puts himself into the bottle. <laughs> he's a horcrux and he's a port key. Mm, he's a He touches port himself crux. and he flies to he's a his other soul. Portcrux horky. <laughs> a horky portcrux. <laughs> That's speedy FM. I've been D. I've been B. You can find us at BDFM Pod on most things, right? Mm-hmm. Or Garage TV. That's G R A G E dot TV slash BDFM. That's our network, Garage TV. And uh, our watch alongs are on Patreon slash BDFM Pod. Also on uh, the Garage TV network. Download our app. It's just called Garage TV on iOS and Android. And you can watch the watch-alongs on there, too. Become a subscriber. There's a bunch of other fun comedy shows on there. My science show called Science, or it's called Ion Science. The long (laughs) version, which is about the size of a TV show, 25 minutes long, is called Ion Science. Mm -hmm. But then I cut up the individual segments, and those are called Science AF. I see. The shorts, the individual it's like the Daily Show. You can watch it all in one 20-minute piece, or you can watch the the hundreds of millions of Daily Show <laughs> shorts that Trevor Noah has done in the past 10 years. <laughs> and R.I.P. Trevor. He didn't die, but he retired from the Daily Show after doing a good job. Okay. All right. And we will retire to the boudoir. Ooh. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to eat some ice cream there. <laughs> <laughs> this has been BDFM. I'm D. I am B. The FM stands for focused marching. Focused marching. No unfocused marching will you find here. No mere stomping or sashaying here. Marching only. Bye bye. BDFM.